It's the Grim Tidings Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Matheny. And I'm silky as fuck, Philip Overby. Philip Overby. And we're back with a uh, new episode. Uh, we are your podcast for all things grimdark and more. And the and more part is what I wanted to emphasize at the beginning of our show. We do have a great show. We've got a good guest on today. We've got uh, our first guest who's been on the show Three times, so um, it's it's quite an accomplishment. Um, we're glad to have our guest on today, but first we wanted to flush out exactly what our show was about, Philip. There seems to be a little bit of confusion, at least on Reddit, as to what exactly we're trying to present here on the Grim Tidings podcast. We uh, posted our episode with Michael J. Sullivan, and a kind Redditor chimed in and said, Hey, Michael J. Sullivan ain't grimdark. And we're like, we know that Michael J. Sullivan isn't grimdark. He's more of the lighter fantasy. And uh, there seems to be a little bit of confusion about people coming on the show automatically being considered grimdark. And that's not necessarily the case. When somebody comes on our show, it doesn't mean that they're rank and file grimdark. It just means that they're somebody cool that we wanted to bring on the show and have a conversation. Yes, there are some grimdark authors, but uh, we also like other genres like mainstream fantasy, science fiction, horror, bizarro, lots of stuff. So we're more of a dark fiction podcast with a focus on grimdark, but we're going to bring in lots of elements. And just because somebody's on the show doesn't necessarily mean we endorse them as a grimdark person. I mean, I kind of think of it, if you go in a university program and you major in something and you minor in something else, I would say we major in fantasy and we minor in other things. And then grimdark is our place where we hang our hat, but it's not necessarily where we expect our guests hang their hat so uh, anybody that writes anything cool or is involved in the industry we're we're happy to have them on and talk with them it doesn't matter if if they're writing about unicorn shitting rainbows or anything <laughs> if they're fucking cool then come tell us about the rainbow. like i want someone that writes about unicorn shitting rainbows because i always hear this brought up like oh right. you know grimdark isn't unicorn shitting rainbows and well, who was writing about unicorn shooting rainbows? Because I want to read. We will them. gladly have them on. The I want to read that. Come on, the, come on our show. If you write fiction with unicorn shooting rainbows, come on our show. Yeah, if you're if you're writing that stuff, hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook. Let us know. We'll gladly read that and uh, bring you on the program. But we just wanted to to flush that out a little bit today. We are your podcast for all things grimdark, but we have we want to encapsulate all that SFF has to offer and bring it to you in um, delicious bite-sized morsels for your eardrums. That's all we're setting out to do. And our guest today is a Grimdark author. We will give him the Grimdark certification, the seal, the stamp of Grimdark approval today. Uh, it's our first guest that we've had on uh, for the third time, three-peat, uh, three times in a row, so we either must really like him or he's paying us a lot of money, one or the other. Um, <laughs> uh, but our returning guest is Mr. Uh, Michael R. Fletcher. Michael, thanks for coming back on the show, sir. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's, uh, it's The check is in the mail. Might, good, good. might take a little while. All right. Yeah. We'll make, we'll make sure HR receives yeah, that. Yeah, excellent. But you are Canada's um, answer to Grimdark. Well, I, that might be debatable. I am the world's answer. <laughs> I wrote the grim darkest, grim, grimmiest, darkiest Grimdark novel ever to grim and dark, darkly and grimly. We had you back on, uh, I think it was July, August, September, summerish. we had you on, uh, right when uh, Beyond Redemption, your debut novel with Harper Voyager, uh, debut with Harper Voyager, uh, you had 88, the cyberpunk novel out before that, but your your big doings, Beyond Redemption, uh, blew up, and uh, it, and it came out, we had you on the show, We were and then we brought you back for our Metal and Dark Fiction panel that we had, which was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and, yeah. 
that, that was a blast. And uh, now we've got you back because we're going to update folks on what exactly is going on in Michael R. Fletcher land. You've had a few events transpire, so we wanted to bring you back on, let folks know what's going on with Beyond Redemption, what's going on with the sequel to Beyond Redemption, and uh, what you have planned for your 2016, I think folks would like to know, because frankly, Beyond Redemption has been received as probably one of the best grimdark fiction novels of 2015. That must feel pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. The uh, the sort of both critical response and just hearing from readers, um, it, it seems like sort of the vast majority of people really love the book, um, which is weird because it's really fucked up. I mean, I think this <laughs> this says more about you people than it says about me. Um, I just I just wrote the thing, you know. Uh, but yeah, people are digging the book. Um, we just need a couple hundred thousand more of them to buy the damn thing. <laughs> So what's what's the status of, of uh, Beyond Redemption, and what's the status of, of the sequel to the book? Okay, so uh, Beyond Redemption, the way uh, my deal with Harper Voyager uh, was they bought Beyond Redemption, and they had uh, dibsies, which is a technical legal term, on, uh, <laughs> on whatever I wrote next. Um, you know, right or first refusal kind of deal. Um, so as soon as the deal was signed, I went nuts writing the next two books i wrote a uh, the mirror's truth which is a direct sequel to beyond redemption basically starts up takes place immediately after the end of that book uh and then the all-consuming which is a whole new cast of characters same world uh, october of 2015 um we submitted the proposal to beyond to a harper voyager for the sequel and uh, they came back. The editor said he really liked the proposal. Book looked great. Uh, but the sales of Beyond Redemption were nowhere near what they needed uh, for it to be a, you know, something they'd consider buying into. Um, so at that point, they said, let's uh, reconvene in January 2016, and we'll see how sales are then and make a decision. Um, you know, as to whether they bought the, the sequel. At that point, I went nuts trying to publicize uh, the book, trying to, you know, just make people aware of it. I think the best thing I did was uh, I did a Facebook post where I just said, you know, I need, I need to publicize Beyond Redemption and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, any help would be kind of really appreciated. And the response was amazing. Like uh, bloggers, reviewers, just fans, um, a whole pile of people reached out. Uh, offered me space to do guest posts, did reviews, and it really it made a huge difference. Um, the sales in the two and a half months or so following that doubled, actually more than doubled what they had been in the first uh, three-ish months. Uh, the book only came out in June, so it's only been out for about seven months so far. So sales doubled after that sort of crazy promotion drive. Reconvened with Harper Voyager in January. And they said, yes, your sales have doubled. That's great. Um, there's all this press about the book. People are talking about it, like you're seeing it on Reddit and stuff more often now, and just you know, around online. But sales still aren't high enough for us to buy the, the sequel. Uh, so at that point, my reaction was, fuck. <laughs> um, I spent a week uh, pretty much fairly you know, intoxicated every night once my daughter had gone to bed. Because I, you know, I, ne I never drink when I'm, you know, when I have to be responsible in any way. But after, 
after responsibility has gone to bed, <laughs> I, you know, I just sort of drink myself to sleep each night. It was kind of fun. I really like doing that. Just not probably not healthy. You know, and then once I sort of get got over the uh, the sort of the crushing blow, I was like, okay, let's you know, let's move on. That's it's hardly the end of the world. There, been talking with my agent. Um, we've put together proposals uh, for those two books, and now we're soon. Uh, right now, we're sort of looking at the proposals, making sure they're. They're all nice and shiny, uh, or all grim and darky. Uh, then we're going to start shopping them to uh, what we call like mid-level publishers. Uh, Solaris, Angry Robot. She's got a list of about half a dozen or so that she wants to uh, to approach. And you're not necessarily targeting other big five publishers. No, for we're this we're actually um, we're I don't think we're submitting at all to uh, to big five publishers for this. Basically, the thought is they will refuse. For exactly the same reason, Harper Voyager did. You know, the numbers that a big five publisher sort of wants Beyond Redemption's just not there right now. You know, it's it's not this sort of like huge hit out of the gate. I, I think it's got potential to be maybe something of a sleeper because uh, it is still selling um, and it's not selling badly at all. Uh, but it's just you know it's not selling as much as like you know like the Trader Baru or you know some of the the other sort of like big hits of the year. Um, so we're, we're not even going to look at at big five publishers where we're just going to start with, with the mid-level guys. You had a grieving period of sorts. You said for about a week where you, you were bummed out about, he worked so hard to, to publicize this book. And, you know, I saw your posts of all these different places and you, you had done guest posts or interviews and you've been getting praise from all these different websites, uh, Reddit, and uh, Fantasy Faction. Fantasy Faction named it the number 27 book out of 50 for in 2015, which is not a bad accomplishment. Yeah, we uh, Beyond Redemption hit 14 best of uh, 2015 lists, uh, placed third in the uh, Stabbies, the Reddit, the uh, our fantasy Stabbies for uh, best debut. Third, that's insane. Uh, and 27th on the uh, Fantasy Faction uh, best of the year out of 50. I mean, that's that's crazy. Uh, but it is not sales. You're a good lesson, though, I think, for, for some writers that maybe listen to the show and that uh, some people, if they were in your situation, they may say, well, fuck this. I don't want to be a writer anymore. But you've went forward. And that's awesome that you know you, you recognize that you have to keep going forward and you can't just wallow in misery and be upset about you know the situation you have, you, you know, if you think Beyond Redemption is a sleeper hit and it'll continue to get sales and that'll reflect back once you get a new publisher, then people will still continue to get Beyond Redemption because because of the sequel and any other uh, subsequent books. So I think the attitude is perfect for any listeners that you know think about, oh, well, I can't, my book's not selling enough or et cetera, et cetera. There's always forward. You know, yeah. you can't always look backwards at everything. Yeah. I think you yeah. have a really awesome attitude about that. Yeah, there were there were a couple lessons in there for me. I mean, one was um, I really should have been working my ass promoting the book from the beginning. Like what what I what I did sort of like in October, uh, I should have been doing in June. Uh, at the time, you know, I think I did a like a quick little uh, publicity blog tour. Uh, that the publisher set up and I was kind of like, I thought that was it. I was good. 
and I could, you know, I could fuck off and get back to writing. Um, I, I, sh- I should have been, you know, sort of more sociable. You know, I, I just, I retreated to my cave and was like, yeah, I'm going to write the next two books. Um, so that was a, that's a good lesson. If you're a, a new writer, uh, you know, get out there. You don't have to just talk about your book all the time. Just sort of be out there so that people can find you. There was another lesson, but I think I've forgotten it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just, you got to be stubborn. You got to be a stubborn bastard. I just, I mean, like, what else am I going to do? I like writing books. It's too much fun. And, you know, I think if, if Beyond Redemption had bombed and everyone was like, oh, what a, what a lumpy turd this book is, <laughs> I, you know, that might have stopped me. And, and I mean, might, maybe, might not have. Uh, but because the, the reaction was so good and I managed to, you know, that was the second novel I ever wrote got placed with a big five publisher. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, does this mean I can write at that level? Because that would be amazing. So now I'm like, OK, yeah, maybe maybe the whole Beyond Redemption world, the idea was a little too crazy for mass market. You know, maybe it's a little too dark, but I'm like, well, OK, what if I what if I sort of write some epic fantasy instead? Like, All right. So, I mean, to me, it's like. Even though I'm bummed they didn't buy the next book, the fact that I sold the first one at that level is insane. It means I can do that. So now I just got to find something a little more, I mean, it's still got to be me. I, I, I can't really write, you know, I'm not going to write sparkly vampires or uh, rainbow shitting unicorns. Damn it. Why? I know. Sorry, man. Um, but I, I could write something that's maybe a little less crazy. And uh, I might even, I could maybe even write something with a, with a hero. Oh, cool. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, as a, as a writer myself, I'm in a different situation, similar in a way, in that I've been doing this splatter elf thing for a little while, and I've gotten some good reaction to it. People think it's funny or weird or whatever, but I've dropped off on promoting uh, things as much. And mm-hmm. as a self-published author, that's the death knell. If you don't talk about your stuff, people forget about you. So I'm in a similar situation where I think maybe the splatter elf stuff is too crazy and maybe I need to scale back some and try more traditional stuff if I want to reach a bigger audience. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I think all of us writers who are fucking crazy, we have to have that fucking crazy stuff out there. But sometimes we have to step back and think maybe I could write something a little less crazy and get a bigger audience and still have my cake and eat it, too, in a way. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I think it, like, uh, selling out's a wrong term. I mean, because what we want to do is sell our damn books. But I, I think writing something that is against what you sort of want to write is probably a crap idea. I think sort yeah. of forcing yourself to, to write, oh, okay, well, like, what's in this year? Paranormal romance fantasy. Okay, let's write. I'm going to write a paranormal romance fantasy. It's like, no, fuck that. If I'm going to do that, I might as well just get a warehouse job. You know? <laughs> It's like, I think you have to stay true to, to who, who you are. I think you can still maybe write something more sane, less crazy, you know, less dark. Still maybe a possibility. Well. Yeah, there is that, that element of being true to yourself from an artistic perspective, because it was your fucked up novel that got so much attention and got you, got you a deal with Harper Voyager to begin with. So there is that inclination to continue to want to write the stuff that got you noticed in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but there's also the, the point of making it a commercially viable profession <laughs> yeah, yeah. i, I kind of wonder if i you know if i sort of stumbled upon that at the right time if if people maybe not enough people but i mean there's there's no good guy there's no hero there's no happy ending there is no redemption 
And, I, you know, I think people are coming out of the book and sort of going like, what the fuck did I just read? <laughs> like, because I completely ignored, like, basically every rule of writing and selling fiction. It's like, have a character that the reader can relate to. It's like, really? No, fuck that. Didn't do it. I mean, if you can relate to one of those characters, you got issues. You know, which, and a bunch of people can relate to them, which is awesome. But, I mean, that, you know, when you do something that odd, that sort of different from the norm, you, I think maybe you have to expect that it's not going to be, uh, you know, the next Fifty Shades of Grimdark. <laughs> we need that. <laughs> and you wrote a blog post called uh, No Such Thing as Grimdark? <laughs> yes. So, I, you know, I had this idea had been bouncing around in my head for, for ages because I see all this conversation on Reddit. People picking apart Grimdark and it's like, oh, Grimdark is this and Grimdark is this. And it has to have, you know, morally ambiguous characters and blah, 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 blah. And people talking about like, oh, these, all these writers, they're just setting out to out Grimdark each other. Like everyone's going like, oh, I'm going to out Grimdark Mark Lawrence or Joe Abercrombie, which is ridiculous because I obviously I have totally done that. And I have one, so <laughs> I can all just quit. Um, no. And, it's, and I was like, no, I was like, I, I don't think writers do that. We don't compare ourselves to each other. We're not trying to out Grimdark everyone. The publishers aren't telling anyone to write more Grimdark, if anything, um, Grimdark isn't as big a seller as, say, like Epic Fantasy. If anything, I think at this point, publishers are sort of like maybe leaning away from Grimdark a little bit. Um, so, like, there is no command from on high to write darker, grittier, you know, fiction. And so, you know, but that was just my opinion. Uh, so, you know, there are a couple of writers who I have sort of some access to, and I've, you know, basically pestered them all on Facebook uh, saying, hey, did you set out to write Grimdark? You know, what do you think of being labeled as Grimdark? And then I just sort of posted their responses. And generally, um, I think with almost with one exception, not a single one of the Grimdark writers thought they were writing Grimdark. You know, they all thought they were writing something else and then they got labeled Grimdark afterwards. And, you know, they're all fine with that. They're not like, oh, my God, I'm not. No, I'm not Grimdark. They're kind of like, oh, OK, cool. Um, I thought I was writing dark fantasy or some other, you know, kind of fantasy stuff. So it was just, for me, it was a, a cool experiment to see what other writers thought about, you know, what was going on. Well, I think Mark Lawrence said uh, once that when he was labeled as Grimdark, uh, he said, oh, okay, cool. That's more people that'll buy my books. Yep. So if there's a segment, uh, for example, in music, uh, we talked about heavy metal on the heavy metal panel, and there's so many different varieties of heavy metal and if somebody said, oh, you know, so-and-so it's doom metal. And then somebody else says, no, they're not doom metal. They're sludge. They're yeah, sludge metal. And then the sludge metal people are like, fuck no, that's doom metal. But if you're getting the sludge metal people and the doom metal people on the same page, then it doesn't matter what you are in, at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. So, uh, it's a good, it's a good approach to, to just embrace whatever people call you and just go, okay, cool. I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of writers worry about the the labeling a little bit because it seems like there are a pile of people who will not read something because it gets labeled as grimdark or whatever. Mm. You know, they're like, oh, no, I don't. I, grimdark's too gritty. It's too grim. It's too depressing. I, I won't read grimdark. So, like, I, I wonder how many how many you're gaining over, you know, how many you're losing by, by getting a, a sort of like a, a grimdark sort of rating or being put in that subgenre. That is interesting because it's the same, uh, for example, you said paranormal romance fantasy. Like if you tell me blah, blah, blah is a paranormal romance fantasy, I'm more than likely not going to read that because I have an image of what that is. 
However, yeah. there could be really awesome paranormal romance fantasy that I'm missing out on because I have that predisposed prejudice towards that. And I think that could be the same thing with Grimdark is that people have this uh, image of it and they may not necessarily know what it is. It's the same thing with like horror movies. You know, some people, if you say, oh, blah, blah, blah is a horror movie, then they'll go, oh, uh, I hate horror movies. I don't want to see that. Yeah, but yeah. it could be a really artistic horror movie that doesn't even have gore or anything in it. So I think I think you're right. Sometimes labels do push people away from from something. So it's something to be aware of. But at the same time, you're you're pulling in people and and you're pushing away people. And it's kind of this, you know, balancing yeah. act, I guess. Another thing that's kind of grimdark is in the midst of your release, you had a parasite <laughs> yeah so I, I have no idea when i actually caught this over like the, the last six months or more uh i was having sort of a stomach and bowel issues that uh that are so grimdark we don't actually need <laughs> or want to sort of discuss them in any detail uh but i was also having like weird mood issues uh like i'm basically a really chill dude uh i'm relaxed i don't anger quickly you know, Canadian. Yeah, I'm Canadian, you know. Through and through. Yeah. Uh, except for the hockey part. Can't stand hockey. Ah. Um, but that was, <laughs> that was, I don't know, that was sort of falling apart. Um, uh, I was getting angry fast. I was moody. I was uh, getting depressed a lot, uh, fatigued. Um, early in the summer, I was uh, running. Uh, I think the longest run I did was like 10 miles, 16K. And then I just stopped because it was like, eh, it's too much effort. Um, and, and I kind of, I think my wife got tired of me being a bitch, uh, <laughs> and, and sort of like complaining about all these, like, you know, stomach issues and stuff. And I, I tried everything. I did elimination diets and I cut out all these sort of different foods and stuff and nothing really made much of a difference. So she basically kicked my ass to the doctors and I was diagnosed with a blastocystis hominis, which is this sort of odd as uh, they call like single cell parasite, which infects or can be found in, you know, these sort of uh, gut digestive tract of people. Um, and all the doctors were like, uh, oh, have you, you know, you've been to the tropics um, or any third world nation? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I went to New York, <laughs> <laughs> which apparently it didn't quite cut it, although um from some New Yorkers that are kind of like, no, you got to got that New York. The water here is really bad. Um, so who knows? Uh, I have no idea where I got it from. Um, and so, I mean, this is after I'd been, you know, like a complete shit for six months or so. Uh, did this sort of run of a really nasty antibiotics, uh, which kicked the crap out of me even further. So that was fun. Uh, but now coming out the other side, it's uh, like my mood has returned to something close to normal. Um, my bowels are not grimdark. <laughs> they're more like unicorns shitting rainbows it's awesome now when you say your bowels aren't grimdark do you mean they're not morally gray characters <laughs> yes they're heroes so i mean and that all that was going down right as harper voyager uh was saying yeah we don't want to publish your next book so it's like fuck yeah it's like there we go here's the second kick in the happies Oh, shit sandwich. Would you like another yes please <laughs> yeah. thank you yeah well in, in the positive light you've had You've had a lot of uh, really cool fan art I've seen posted on your social media stuff recently. How does that feel to, you know, to be a relatively new writer and you're already getting fan art? That's 
pretty awesome, in my opinion. I think uh, fan art is like um, is a dream. I mean, like when I when Beyond Redemption first got published, uh, you know, I was seeing like all these people doing art for Mark Lawrence's books and you know a bunch of other series. And I was like, oh man, like how cool would that be? Somebody for someone to read your book and to be so sort of moved or inspired by it to actually take some time to draw something. I, I can't draw for shit. Um, <laughs> and uh, Quint Von Cannon, uh, he's an artist slash actor, has been reading Beyond Redemption and, and doing these uh, these pieces like as he sort of like reads a part, any part that sort of, I guess, catches his attention or he sort of visually inspires him. He, he's been drawing it. And uh, it's incredible. Like I, the art's really cool. And he's capturing like some really cool scenes in, in some really neat ways. He did one called the uh, the Mirrorist's Eye, uh, which if you know there's a scene with a mirrorist uh, who's sort of all studded with shards of glass in her flesh, uh, and he really caught that. It's sick and really cool. So it is. It, it's insanely gratifying to see stuff like that. And like the uh, the next step should be tattoos. I want somebody to get a Beyond Redemption tattoo. <laughs> then then I'm like, I have made it. That is success. Yeah, that fan art element really resonates with me. I really like when um, things people do creatively inspire others to do creative things. So that's really cool. Uh, And good on Quint Von Cannon for uh, coming up with some really killer artwork. And they can, what, check that out on your Facebook stream? or Uh, Yeah, it's uh, so a bunch of them have been posted on my Facebook. I've got them all up on my website. Uh, I asked Quint and he was like, yeah, cool, go ahead and share it. Uh, so they're on my website, and you can find Quint Van Cannon on uh, DeviantArt as well, although I don't have uh, his site in front of me, so I don't actually know it off the top of my head. But you can find him on uh, DeviantArt, which is a very cool art site. What other writing writerly things do you have going on currently in lieu of uh, trying to find a home for books two and three? Uh, so ages ago, I started a, a YA fantasy novel um, at the time. I, I think I was reading my daughter a lot of uh, like Disney stories, and I just got so fucking fed up of these like princess relies on some schmuck to rescue her crap stories. And so I was like, you know what? I, I'm tired of like all the girls have to be pretty and have you know great blonde hair, and they're ditzes and they're useless and they don't do anything. So I'm like, I'm gonna write a story. I'm gonna write a book about a girl who is not pretty, doesn't have all the great hair, and who is smart and can kick ass all on her own. And basically with the idea is like, I'm writing this for my daughter, you know, for when she's older. And so that is about half finished right now. Uh, Depending on how much time I have, I should be able to polish that off in a month or two, you know, then editing on top of that. So that's on the go. Um, Just working out a proposal for that as well. And then I've got two other fantasy novels. One is uh, definitely grimdark, um, and it's a a very messed up take on the Incan religion. It won't be recognizable as Incan by any stretch, but that's sort of where the uh, sort of the inspiration comes from. And then another one, which is much more epic fantasy. Uh, I think it's like six or seven different schools of magic battling for control of the world kind of stuff uh and that one will be that one i'm really excited about so i think ya novel got to finish that first and probably the epic fantasy one next that's cool that you're working on several different things um do do you tend to you tend to complete something and then you brainstorm ideas while you're working on one project is that how you usually 
Uh, yeah, awesome. usually I'm I'm only writing one book at a time, um, but sometimes you know you need downtime from working on that book. You need a little space. Uh, so when I'm doing that, I'll work on wor- uh, world building for other projects, uh, and I've, I've gotten in the habit of building wikis uh, for each world as I as I go. So I've got two you know new wikis um, you know for the world building that I'm working on for the other books while I write the uh, the YA fantasy. And you've got some short fiction out there as well, including uh, you've got a short on Wattpad, and you have a short that just came out in Grimdark Magazine issue number six. Yeah, that's right. Uh, at the Walls of Sinlas, which is um, a- an early story I wrote when I was still playing around with the whole Manifest Delusions idea that that is beyond redemption. So it, I think it's like a neat sort of look at how the uh, the world and system sort of uh, evolved over time. Because this I wrote that back in 2008, 2009, I think. And then I think i'm going to be doing a guns and dragons story for the uh fantasy faction anthology they're putting together and then have been talking with uh, adrian as well i think he's looking at doing an anthology uh sometime later in the year so i, I might be doing a piece for that as well hopefully some more short fiction coming up this year yeah i saw where so, you're um i don't know what you call it fishing for ideas about some short fiction you had that you thought about maybe self-publishing are you still considering doing that or are you kind of on the fence about it still uh, I'm, I'm on the fence with that stuff um part of my my uh my writing philosophy is that uh distractions are death if you want to write a book you you have to write a book and that has to be your focus um you know you can't sort of like accidentally write a book while you're doing other stuff you know you need to be like this is my goal um and so any i find any time doing other unrelated stuff like writing working on other fiction and stuff to be too much of a distraction it, it just slows the pace down it uh, it kills any momentum i have so on the one hand i, I do i would like to release a uh, like an anthology of my own short fiction uh, but the combination of not wanting to get distracted from finishing my novels and um, the fact that i don't think uh, enough people would actually buy it because no one's heard of me i, I just um i'm not sure that it's sort of worth the uh the investment, the time investment in it. Uh, so I sort of shelved that for later. Um, I think if uh, if more books sell and you know, sort of, I, I have more of a name, you know, that would sort of draw people to something like that. I think at that point, I might might do the uh, the short story collection. You mentioned a sleeper too before. You said you're hoping that Beyond Redemption is a sleeper. So your your, I guess, perfect world scenario would be that the SFF world picks up a copy of Beyond Redemption, ideally. Yeah, it, it feels like the book is approaching sort of a tipping point. Um, you know, if you look at two months ago, no one was talking about it. There there were maybe a hundred uh, ratings on Goodreads. No one on Reddit had heard of it. No one on Reddit was talking about it. Um, none of the bloggers were talking about it or were even aware of it. And every now and then someone would pick up the book and they were like, oh my God, why have I not heard of this sooner? Whereas now you get people on our fantasy talking about it, our fact, uh, fantasy faction, you know, diff- different sort of SFF sites. And the number of ratings, they're like I don't know, 260 now. So it's almost two and a half times more, you know, than what there was like two months ago. So my hope is it's sort of like, building some momentum the word of mouth will will take over a little bit and uh you know it it may still may still work out is there a a possibility that harper voyager could could see these numbers and and reconsider picking up books two and three uh i mean yeah it's a possibility of like if if i haven't sold it and you know a year from now or however long it takes the book has sort of like picked up enough has sold enough uh you know at that point they might be interested 
uh, it's just I'm I'm not sure I'm patient enough for that. Sure. Um, I, I think more likely, you know, if a, if a mid-level publisher uh, doesn't grab it, if no one's interested, I'll, I'll probably just self-publish it myself. Uh, that makes sense. Self-publish myself. Duh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'd get somebody else to self-publish it for me. <laughs> if you could say something to Michael R. Fletcher uh, in June of 2015, what would you tell yourself in that time paradox uh, don't, before everything exploded? Don't drink the water in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd, I, you know, um, it, it would be like, dude, start promoting now, get on social media. I mean, my thing was like, I, I hated the idea of social media. I'm, I'm not a terribly outgoing guy. I'm pretty happy, like being shut in my office and writing books and not really seeing other human beings. I'm <laughs> fine with that. Um, but so, but I had this misconception of, of what publicity and marketing would be for a writer. Uh, I was just wrong. You know, I, I thought it meant like I had to be out there shelling my book all the time. No. Um, but, uh, you know, I I saw a post from uh, Mark Lawrence where, you know, he talked about publicity and it really just being chatting with other people who like the same stuff you like. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that <laughs> like really makes sense. So I was like, OK, you know, I, you know, I had this Facebook page. I was like, how about I actually like use it? And, you know, I had this website. I'm like, how about I actually like update some content there occasionally? And then people were like, Reddit. And I'm like, what the fuck is Reddit? <laughs> I'm like, okay, Reddit. You know, I'll look at that. I'm like, oh, shit, it's a community of people who love science fiction and fantasy stuff. I'm like, well, that's what I love. You know, so it's, you know, really my publicity attempts have largely been just chatting with people who like the same shit I like. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Like, that's not work. That's not a tor- terrible thing. So I would like to go back in time, smack myself, say, don't drink the water, and, uh, you know, like, be socially available just chat with people. You don't have to shill the book. Just sort of talk to people. I think that's something that newer writers or writers that struggle with marketing uh, need to hear is that marketing doesn't have to be a spam fest if you don't want it to be. Uh, just being present is is helpful. And I am glad that your sales doubled after you kind of reached out to people and said, Hey, if you have any spots for me, let me know. And, and I think that shows how, how welcoming the community is and how helpful they are and, and, and that, that they want to see writers who are talented succeed and find that audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, it was like a, an honest sort of appeal for help um you know and I, I, I think sort of uh people want to help especially if they've read the book and you know liked it and you know most of the people who sort of came out uh offering you know uh, time or you know their web space um were, were bloggers and reviewers who had read the book and thought it was awesome and were like yeah I'd, I'd really like to see a sequel you know what can i do to help this dude uh they're really a very very cool you know sort of humbling experience uh, to have all these help from people that, like I never met, but they owed me nothing. It's very cool. Did you ever think when you were dropping that book uh, in June that you would be so integrated in a part of this SFF community as it is now? Yeah, it never occurred to me. Um, I, I just, um, I, you know, I, sort of, I guess I saw things from my sort of like a socially awkward locked in an office kind of uh, point of view it never really occurred to me that this would happen previous to this like i'd never been to a convention or anything so i you know really had no idea what was involved you did a new york comic-con yeah too. yeah i got uh i got invited to uh to do a panel on heavy metal and and writing 
with uh, Mike Cole, Peter Arulian. That was awesome. That was my first, the first convention I ever went to. And I got to be on a, on a panel. Like that was amazing. I bet. Any other plans for conventions uh, in 2016 at all? Um, there is. Getting outdoors out of your house. <laughs> <laughs> go outside for a little bit. Don't go crazy now. Just calm down. <laughs> um, uh, there, there is some chance uh, I might be making it to a, what's a C2E2, the Chicago convention. Ah. Some chance I might be making it to that this year. So we're working on that. See what we can do. We're just about ready to wrap up the show. Uh, Michael R. Fletcher, thanks again so much for uh, hanging out. For folks who want to keep up with you on social media, where can they stalk you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, somewhere on Facebook slash probably Michael R. Fletcher, something insane like that. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at FletcherMR. And then uh, michaelrfletcher.com is my website. And uh, I'm fairly approachable, uh, and I do bite, and I am infected. (laughs) And sometimes he impersonates people. (laughs) Sometimes. He does. We did want to give props again this week to the Gremlin, Grimdark, Grim Tidings fan of the week. Uh, We like to do this on occasion just to acknowledge those who are active in the community and supporters of the show and who are generally cool people in today's special Fan of the week is Mr. Robert Junker. Horns to you, Robert. Thank you so much for being a part of the community and for sharing the show on a damn near religious basis. Every time I post it, he's like, share. So we we appreciate that support genuinely for folks just sharing the link. Uh, does mean a lot to us. So we wanted to thank you, Mr. Junker. Not only do you have a kick-ass first name, but uh, you're a kick-ass individual. And we just uh, offer you double horns, double devil horns for you uh, for just rocking it, man. So thank you so much. And uh, for folks who want to keep up with us online, you can check us out on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash the Grim Tidings Podcast. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at Grim Dark Fiction. We're available to download on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like the show, of course, you can share it. And uh, we could definitely use a couple more iTunes reviews. That'll help us get a little bit higher up in the listings. And then more people will be able to check out the show. More people will hear the authors that you like. They'll buy more books and we can do more shows. And the world will be a better place. Make it happen, people. And Michael, uh, thanks again for hanging out. Philip, thank you for hanging out. Guys, it's been a great uh, conversation today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. And I wanted to give a brief shout out to Robert E. Howard. Uh, his birthday was today or yesterday. And he is considered uh, one of the big inspirations for Grimdark in many ways. So big birthday celebration for Robert E. Howard. Uh, go read some of his books today. Honor his legacy by Crom, do it! <clears throat> happy birthday, Robert E. Howard, Robert Junker. And happy birthday to Michael R. Fletcher, whenever that is. Uh, January. Just missed it. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just missed mine, too. Mine's in January, also. With the same birthday, that's right. That's, that's right. We got the same fucking birthday. How you guys are birthday twins. Oh, yeah. How cool is that? Cool twinsies. Birthday Grimdark twinsies. You've been listening to the Grim Tidings Podcast, where your podcast for all things grim, dark, and more. We will see you next time. Until then, stay grim, stay dark, stay true. Rock on in 2016. You know corn shit. Parasite, motherfucker. Bye Beyond Redemption. Bye Beyond Redemption, motherfucker. Many, many copies. Many, many copies give to your grandma. GG. 